This week's crack is bought, brought to us by Axeman Brewery, their auger lager. Mm. Delicious. Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to witness the world's number one wrestling podcast. Let me pod to you. Yeah. <sighs> Refreshing. Welcome to Let Me Pod to You. I'm Jacob. You can block me on Twitter at WeHateJacob. I'm here with my co-host, Dimitri. You can find him on Twitter at JustDimitri underscore. Dimitri, how was your trip? Dude, trip was pretty cool. Um, I had a ton of mango margaritas. And I'm not kidding. The first day I was there, they just kept bringing me mango margaritas. And at one point, Janie said, you got to chill. And I said, no, I'm here to enjoy myself. (laughs) So I had more mango margaritas. And it didn't stop the whole week until I was kind of sick of them. But now I want them back. So, you know, I'm going to try to make some of my own uh, mango margaritas this weekend. It was glorious. Glorious time. Are, Are you a sugar or salt margarita person? Typically salt. But these mango uh, margaritas had like... um, I don't even know what it's called, but some spicy stuff on the outside. It wasn't mm. sugar or salt, but it was some spicy stuff. I know good. exactly what you're talking about, but yeah, I it's don't like red. remember what it's called. It's yeah, really good. It's delicious. Great. I'm glad you had a good time. Um, our format here is Dimitri's top of the mid and a headline. Stocks rising and stocks falling. These can be specific wrestlers, storylines, whatever to kick off a conversation. Dimitri, who is top of the mid this week? This week, we've got a very, very special and near and dear to my heart, top of the mid. Shout out to my boy, man. Carlito returned. Oh, I love to see it. I love to see it. We spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Yo, (laughs) Carlito, I mean, back in the day, yo, Carlito and Shelton Benjamin were setting the world on fire in the mid-card. I've always been a mid-card type of guy. You know, back then we had Carlito, Shelton Benjamin, Matt Hardy was floating around in the mid-card, Chris Masters. I feel like the mid-card was really full. So it was really nice to see one of the legends of the mid-card. One of the legends of the top of the mid pop up in 2023 and give us a nice show. It was lovely to see that pop. Uh, Personally, like, I don't know, Carlito's feud with John Cena back in the day, that shit was legendary. I love him spinning the apples in people's faces. He's such a good character. I was just happy to see him. So, you know what? I hope this is not a one-off appearance because I'd like to see my boy back in the ring holding it down in the mid-card. It would it would be really great to see him. I mean, my first thought was, I don't know who he is, but I like mm-hmm. him. Um, he's also in great shape, so he oh, could yeah, absolutely get back in. The biggest downside of his little appearance was that WWE is on a hiring freeze. So they're not going to bring him in full time, unfortunately. Tony Khan, I'm sure you can get his number from somebody. You got a whole new show to fill. So Carlito, welcome back to the to our televisions. It was great to see you. Yes, welcome back. And you know what? It's not a bad idea with Tony Khan there filling out the new show, bringing in Carlito. I'd like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'd bring eyes over from me to watch Carlito. <laughs> Carlito is the needle mover for me. <laughs> And what's your what's your headline? Uh, you know what? My headline over here, we got a... Uh, I'm sure you watched the... Uh, obviously, you watched the pay-per-view. We're going to talk about it. Uh, anybody watching, you know, if this is a spoiler, I'm sorry. Or listening, if this is a spoiler, I'm sorry. But Port uh, Laser... Oh, hold on. One second. Okay. We're recording late this week. And if you're one of the 10 people that listens to our <laughs> podcast... And you haven't watched Backlash and you were planning on it, but you're listening to a wrestling podcast about 
after a pay-per-view <laughs> like you're doing it to yourself that, anyway, that's true hey, i like on. to give a warning you know i don't like to upset people we like to keep the folks on their toes like make sure make sure they know what's going on but uh Man, Bork Laser, aka Brock Lesnar, aka the Beast Incarnate, aka Brock Lesnar, uh, split himself open, man. And uh, immediately, Jacob can vouch for this. Immediately when I saw it, immediately when I watched it, I was like, mm, he did that on purpose. So, first thing confirm. I did, yep, confirmed. First thing I did, you know me being my investigative self rewind the tape had to take a closer look you know what i actually did for this i rewinded the tape i took out the iphone i threw it on slow motion record mode and i recorded my television i can also confirm this because dimitri sent me like three (laughs) slow motion clips with proving see he looks at the turnbuckle he aims his head science man i'm telling you and uh you know i did some great investigative work we put it in slow-mo long story short bork just he made eye contact with that turnbuckle put that head down and rhinoed himself right into it he knew what he was doing and uh you know what if, if anybody in the wwe can get away with it with get away with color in general uh and not get in trouble it's it's brock lesnar so you know, I have a feeling that uh, he knew it was happening. I know, Jacob, you said uh, maybe it was, like, known that it was going to happen. I I have maybe. seen, um, shout out to CagesideSeats.com for their we, their daily rumor roundup. It is, like, one of the first things I read every morning. Uh, they had in their rumor roundup this week that it was permitted. They It was a planned spot. Um, but that Brock had the final say on if he wanted to do it or not. Like, he had the approval, but it was up to him if he wanted to. I was just shocked in the moment that (laughs) he was bleeding. I was like, what the hell? Like, you're not John Moxley. And also, like, for Cody Rhodes to be in a match where there's blood and he's not the one bleeding, you know he was fuming. Like, (laughs) that man loves to bleed. He lives to bleed. So... Yeah, we we were freaking out. My my wife, when she watches wrestling with me, she hates when there's blood. It is her least favorite thing in the world of watching wrestling with me. And she was like, why? This is so unsanitary. <laughs> oh, I was pumped, man. Yeah, so <laughs> it was there was lots of mixed feelings in, in my house during during the, the end of that spot. And, yeah, I wanted to add, like, um, you know, I'm not one of those guys that needs... Uh, people to bleed all the time you know because this is very unsanitary and it's kind of gross and if people mm-hmm. are bleeding all over the place every day all the time all over everything kind of lessens its impact and it's never as i guess uh Im- just impactful in general um but when you have it sprinkled you know it happens every now and then it's like ooh, what a like what a visceral like image what a crazy image and that really it did it did a good job i'd say i, I I'm, I'm happy it happened I think specifically in WWE, it's it's something because normally if someone bleeds, it's it's a botch. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think back to the Roman Reigns and Goldberg match in Saudi Arabia, where Goldberg just fucked up twice and he hit mm-hmm. his own head on the ring post and cut his head open, and then I think he messed up a spear and drove Roman into the turnbuckle and like Roman's like mouth was bleeding and like you could see Roman feel his mouth and be like, kind of look at Goldberg like what the fuck man like why did you do that to me (laughs) so it it, wwe it's definitely much more impactful 
AEW, if there's a John Moxley match, I'm kind of just expecting blood <laughs> at this point. Um, and it's it's a joke online as well. Uh, on that same kind of vein from Backlash, my headline is the crowd in Puerto Rico. They were amazing. SmackDown before Backlash and Backlash, incredible. Mm-hmm. Both of those crowds were so good. And it honestly we're gonna touch on it a little later it made the the crowd in jacksonville just feel awful after how good it was in puerto rico and it made me really want to see some more non-us shows you know like the crowd in montreal for elimination chamber was great Mm -hmm. uh when they had clash at the castle in in wales that was really good oh fantastic um so i'm really pumped for uh forbidden door coming up for AEW in june or july that's going to be in toronto that's going to be that's going to be good all in at wembley they've sold sixty thousand tickets which is insane uh like we just need some more non-us shows triple h if you're listening, that does not mean more Saudi Arabian shows. <laughs> That's facts. But other than that, you know, let, let's let's share the love. Let's share the crowd because like U.S. sports crowds in general suck compared to international crowds. Like you see crowds overseas and it's like, damn, this is like life to them. So I'd love I'd love to see more. And that, that's definitely my headline as a crowd. Yeah, I'd say that's that's big facts. Um, you know, the the crowds overseas, I don't really watch soccer like that. But, you know, I catch clips every now and then because y'all watch it and I want to be interested. So I watch a little bit here and there. And the crowds there are, like, insane. The only place in the U.S. you get, like, a solid crowd is a college football game, really. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, you know, maybe in, like, a playoff scenario, basketball or hockey, something like that. It still depends on the city, though. It depends on the city, yeah, because you're not always going to get that. Um, it totally depends on the city. So it's it's really unfortunate that uh, U.S. crowds are kind of ass for the most part. Um, wrestling crowds in the U.S. used to be really good, but I think that was mainly when they were marketing towards like college kids, and it was more of like a party scene. At the same time, though, I mean, like, maybe it was just, like, that crowd in Jacksonville. I mean, I, personally, I thought that Raw dragged. I It yeah. was a struggle for me to get through, so I can't imagine being there live. And Jacksonville is also, that's AEW country. That's where <laughs> Tony Khan runs it down there. So, <laughs> I mean, like, AEW last night in Detroit, banger crowd. They were amazing. Like, Christian Cage was on the mic i wasn't even gonna talk about christian cage i can't believe i'm talking about edge's friend right now that's crazy (laughs) he he came out on the mic and like the crowd was transitioning through different chants like fuck you christian uh shut the fuck up edge was better like (laughs) they were going through the whole book and christian cage was playing it up too he's like i know you imbeciles in detroit you couldn't even keep your car industry here like he was like going (laughs) in on them like so yeah, some crowds are good, but let let's step it up. Like Jacksonville, when they come back, if they come back, like step it up. Yeah, U.S. is inconsistent as a whole. You get in certain cities, like like you said, certain cities to do it right, but just so inconsistent as a whole. You never know when you're gonna have a good crowd, unless it's like in like Texas is pretty good, and sometimes when you're in New York, it's pretty good. But meh. Fair enough, Dimitri. Whose stock is on the rise? 
Oh, shout out to my shout out to the whole Judgment Day, man. I am really impressed with Judgment Day as a whole. Uh, you know, I've talked a lot about Dom and his kind of uh, resurgence uh, as he's been with the Judgment Day. I was he's he's sort of his character's kind of just really caught on to a lot of people. And there's people like me who really enjoy his heel character. And there's people out there that uh, don't enjoy it, but they still give him the reaction that he should get. And that's what's important to me. So Dom's doing a great job. Um, the biggest member I wanted to talk about here isn't Dom and isn't Rhea, because both of them are definitely succeeding. We've seen that. Um, but it's actually Damian Priest. Uh, Damian Priest is kind of, uh, you know, he's been a cool member of the Judgment Day, and he hasn't been, like, bad, per se, but recently, um, I don't know, he's really been starting to put on, you know, people are starting to notice, um, his character's cool, he, he, honestly, on the internet, he seems like a swell dude, like, I just genuinely feel like I would be friends with Damian Priest, because he seems like a kind, swell dude, which I think makes me like him more, um, but he put on that match against Bad Bunny, man. That was a banger, which is so funny to say because it's just so strange. It's Bad Bunny. And, like, the first time we saw Bad Bunny fight, um, I just remember everybody being upset because they're like, why are we, like, adding... Why are we having this celebrity in a WWE ring? And then he came in and had a fucking banger of a match. And then here he comes again with another banger of a match. I really enjoyed the match. The, the His freaking... Um, not to get on a tangent about Bad Bunny, but his goddamn entrance, dude, I've goosebumps it over and over. It's so good. It was so good. The crowd was so into it. The music was there. Like, yo, that was a dope entrance. And then to have Damian Priest be there and be the bad guy that he had to fight, yo, that was just a solid match through and through. Damian Priest did a great job. Uh, you know, Bad Bunny did a great job, and I'm just really impressed. Um, with the Judgment Day as a whole, but specifically Damian Priest recently. Uh, another shout out to Damian Priest too. It was uh, apparently his idea to bring in uh, Savio Vega and Carlito. For oh, really? Bits in the middle, yeah. Oh, hell because, yeah! Well, I mean, Damian Priest is Puerto Rican as well, so yeah. like for him, it's like this is this is also his home show. Like a lot mm-hmm. of that that focus got put on Zelina, understandably, and um, you know Bad Bunny, but like. Damian Priest is also Puerto Rican. So he wanted to give flowers to the Puerto Ricans that came before him. And I think that's great. That's sick. You know, good for him. I, when Damian Priest was the holder of the United States Championship, I was a big Damian Priest hater. Me too, and that man. was mostly due to his character because they mm-hmm. they'd be going on about like, oh no, they might have awoken the Damien side. That oh, was so dumb. And I was like, <laughs> the Damien side, like we're so worried dumb. about we're worried about Damien. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, it didn't work. And since he's moved out of that U.S. title picture and into Judgment Day, you know, when he was kind of first picked up by Edge, and then you know, like I. It's it's been very good. It it has worked a lot better. Mm-hmm. I just don't know where I quite see him falling because they want to push him. I think he deserves a push, but I just don't know if he's realistically a world heavyweight champion kind of guy. I don't think he is. Uh just immediately I don't think he's a world heavyweight championship uh type of guy. I mean, it doesn't mean he can't become that, but right now I don't I wouldn't say so. Um He's just, uh, 
I mean, he's another member of that beautiful, lovely mid-card I love to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know? He makes that interesting. I love when the mid-card's full of people that, you know, have characters that we care about. And I right now, I care about Damian Priest. And I care about... Uh, I care about all the members of Judgment Day, except for Finn. I don't know. Something about, something about Finn Baller. I don't really... It's not clicking yet. I hope he can get something, because it's, it's not doing it for me yet. I was going to ask you about Finn Balor, because I was like, do they need to kick him to the curb? Because, like... <laughs> it's not doing it... I mean, he's obviously talented, but I don't know. It's just not It's not hitting for me yet. I, I mean, props to him for taking that chair... Or the uh, ladder shot oh, and yeah. getting those staples in the match, but like that was crazy. His Finn fourteen staples shirt is fucking <laughs> stupid. If I saw anybody wearing that shirt, I would make fun of them. Uh, dude, and I, I, have I think like, the shirts is funny. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. And Finn Balor also has the worst finisher in all of the WWE, in my opinion. All of it. There's all some bad finishers. Is the worst. All right, fair enough. <laughs> you you were saying before we started recording that I'm not a hater. I'm a hater. I hate <laughs> Finn Balor's finisher. I don't like. Uh, all right, speaking of finishers, I don't like Crossroads. Uh, sorry to throw that out there, but I just don't oh, really like the Crossroads. Don't even get me started on Cody Rhodes and the Crossroads and the I don't Cody like that Cutter. At all. It's bad. Yeah, I'd put the Crossroads over it as a, a finisher. I like probably we, the least Finn Balor lays someone out and then climbs up to the top rope and does a like jump off of it like to just jump on them like bro <laughs> that's I mean true and but it come, misses more than it hits like that sucks <laughs> I guess if you're thinking realistically yeah that does suck but I mean it, it can look painful I just feel like the crossroads never look painful no m more often than not though They'll be like, oh, Finn's going for the coup de gras. Oh, me missed. That rolled out of the way. <laughs> That's so true. All right, you're right. <laughs> like, at least at Crossroads, it's like, I don't know. He's he's at least putting their head into the mat, but. It just I, always looks so funny. He just kind of, like, rolls with them and then yeah. lays them on the mat. And I'm just like, eh. <laughs> I mean, we are a Cody Rhodes hating podcast, so. That's true. You know, they'll tie for first <laughs> in bad finishers. My stock on the rise is AEW. Whoo boy. Oh this boy. week's AEW was stacked. They called it a pay-per-view on TV, and I don't think that is uh, overstating the card. Uh, this week we had... It was so packed that it opened with both Claudio and Ray Fenix in the ring because they had so much stuff to get through, and it was worth it. Uh, they had a good match. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Daniel Garcia had a good match. I thought I actually thought Orange Cassidy was going to lose to Daniel Garcia. Uh, that man also needs to stop um, air humping. Like, bro, chill out. Uh, mm, air thrusts—that's a thing in AEW for Daniel Garcia sick. specifically. <laughs> uh, the AEW World Trios Championship with House of Black and Best Friends—the first, um, the first match of their open house rules, which was which was very interesting. Um, 20 second count outs uh, the challengers actually get to pick the last stipulation um, best friends because they're a bit goofy they went with no witches ringside so uh, Julia Hart wasn't allowed to be there um, Anna J, Julia Hart no holds barred better match on paper it looked like Julia Hart had some kind of issue with her hip part way through she like hit the chairs wrong um, on a suplex um, 
but the what I really wanted to talk about was was two things. Some returning faces, Miro and Thunder Rosa, which is kind of lining up for next week's supposed announcement of AEW Collision. Both of those wrestlers have been off TV for about six months. And Andrade El Idolo also had uh, a tease on Twitter that he was coming back to AEW. So it would make a lot of sense for a lot of these kind of big names that aren't on TV right now to show up on Collision. Because basically Collision's looking like it's the bad boys club. Um, Nobody wants, no one, or half the locker room hates CM Punk. So CM Punk's going over there and the people that want to work with them are going to go there too. Uh, A lot of the women's division doesn't like Thunder Rosa. Looks like she's going there. Miro doesn't want to lose. Looks like he's going over there. Andrade got in a fight with Sammy Guevara. (laughs) So he's going over there. Uh, I'm starting to be a little bit more interested in Collision. And we had talked about it briefly that we didn't know if it was going to do well. But if you're going to put actual star power on a Saturday night show. Okay, sure. Okay. Uh, Main event of AEW was that steel cage match. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Uh, they went through the cage. Like, they busted the cage out. Uh, Kenny got John Moxley back in there, hit him with a one-winged angel, onto broken glass. Uh, Kenny was getting the pin. Don Callis, Kenny's friend, hits him with the screwdriver. Don Callis is turning on Kenny, his basically <laughs> adopted son. The drama. There's so much drama. It's. <laughs> there, I've seen a lot of debate online recently that is the elite versus BCC, BCC. Yes, yes, BCC, not the other thing. Uh, feud is kind of <laughs> up there with the bloodline stuff right now, and I think it's definitely they they they're like, okay, we got to turn up the heat. Um, Dimitri, your next stock rising. Uh, where are we at? Oh yeah, my boy. Uh, let's let's talk about uh let's talk about that world heavyweight championship a little bit. All right, can we do that? Sure, we'll throw my stock falling in here too. <laughs> All right. So yeah, uh, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of the World Heavyweight Championship. That old big gold belt is one of my favorite belts of all time. Uh, when I was little, uh, kept me up at night watching uh, goddamn Triple H hold that thing and be the real heel that he was. It was a great time. Um, fast forward now, we got this uh, you know tournament coming up, and uh, today. Uh, I don't know who saw it. Well, today is the 11th. It is Thursday, May 11th. And Edge uploaded a video. I don't remember where, but I saw it first on Twitter. Talking about why he should win. And uh, normally, these little type of videos don't do it for me. And they don't like convince me one way or the other. Because I had thought in my head, oh, it makes sense for Seth Rollins to get it. Because Seth Rollins deserves it. And Seth Rollins would be a good champion. Uh, I watched this goddamn Edge video, and immediately after I watched it, I was like, oh my god, Edge has got to win. <laughs> like, <laughs> he did it. Like, he, what he said, I was like, oh my god, dude, Edge, it just makes sense. Edge has got to win. He basically was like, "The he's got so much history with the title, which he does. Uh, I think, I, I could be mistaken here, so pardon me if I am, but I believe he has the most World Heavyweight Championship reigns, which is an interesting t- statistic. I will look it up. <laughs> I'll look it up. You keep talking. Perfect. I believe he has the most reigns. Um, 
if he doesn't whatever but i believe he has the most reigns um and you know the last time he had the title he didn't actually lose it because of a fight he lost it because he had to retire so we kind of got that story that you know kind of like cody keeps saying you got to finish the story we got that story that edge has got to finish man i want to see him get that title back right because he never lost it and, and and if he can get it it's just imagine a way to it would be a great way to for him to close out of his career because he mentioned he doesn't have much time left and i hate thinking about that but it's true our boy edge does not have much time left i don't know how many more summer slams i don't know how many more wrestlemanias it might be one it might be two who knows but you, did you find it jacob um <sighs> it's complicated so it is complicated Edge held the World Heavyweight Championship seven times, which is the most of that titled belt. Which um, is WWE one, and probably the WCW one's different. The John Cena has held the WWE Championship 13 times. Gotcha. Okay. So that's right. Yeah, World Heavyweight Championship. So is- World Heavyweight became the WWE Championship. So John Cena's held that more times than Edge. But... Edge is number two on the list. What? That just hurt my brain. <laughs> John Cena is a 13-time WWE champion. Oh, so we're... Okay, got it. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. All right. Rick Flair is in third with six times holding the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Got it. Okay. Got it. But, so- I mean, that's still mad impressive that Edge is... Yeah. Second to John Cena with seven. Yeah, that's incredible. So, yeah, Edges obviously has the uh, lineage there. And, um, you know, like I was saying, um, you know, he's close to retiring. We don't know how long he's got. In my mind, the perfect scenario is um, Edge wins the title. Uh, it starts a nice title reign. I know a year is kind of a long title reign, but just imagine if Edge can hold off have a couple of good feuds throughout the year for a year you know randy orton comes back maybe he feuds with you know oh fuck that's perfect all right so <laughs> he wins the title seth rollins uh then feuds with him because seth is pissed that he didn't win the title obviously edge can uh you know make way with him and and win that feud eventually randy orton returns they start a feud a classic feud that goes into WrestleMania, into a retirement match, where we have Randy Orton versus Edge oh, in a retirement match. Retire. The loser has to retire. The winner gets the World Heavyweight Championship. The stakes mm. on that would be incredible. And we genuinely would be thinking about, is Both Edge going to retire? Is Randy going to retire? Who knows? So that's what I would like to see. I think that's a really cool idea that, you know, given that Randy Orton is all healed and everything, I think given a year, I don't know exactly what's going on with him. I heard maybe back, but, you know, given a year, maybe we can uh, work some sort of good storyline there where, you know, they can get some heat on one another and then have that big old retirement match for the belt. I think that is the perfect scenario. I mean, and as we talked about a couple weeks ago, Triple H does seem to like long title runs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, I... Austin Theory's had that that U.S. title for almost a year, as I classically said, even though it had only been five months. People were so upset. <laughs> so mad. So mad. Engagement God. 
I, so uh, let me. Here's my thoughts on this with Edge. I really like the idea of it. I love. I love Edge. I love mm-hmm. the idea of Edge holding that belt for for a while. I do not love watching Edge matches because they're all <laughs> they're like twenty very to thirty old school. minutes. Very old school. Very slow. Very long. <laughs> Everyone, you're so right. <laughs> so that's the only caveat I have. Um, kind of going off this with World Champion, my one of my stock right, stocks falling, falling specifically, is this tournament for the big gold clone. I don't get it. I don't get this whole thing. <laughs> they had this whole fucking thing about... Whichever brand Roman goes to, this belt will be on the other one. And then have this tournament's people from SmackDown. <laughs> like, what What are we doing? What is going on? Like, I don't understand. I, I, know, I know what they wanted. They, they didn't draft well enough to have enough <laughs> realistic title contenders on Raw? Fair point. But, hey, it, it sounds like such... It sounds so much better when you have, like all these extra names in it like AJ Styles, Rey Mysterio, Edge. Fuck AJ Styles. I'm a hater on AJ Styles too. <laughs> lobster hands. Have you seen him with the red gloves? How he looks like lobster hands? I hate his gloves. That's, that's the main so reason I, I hate the I hate <laughs> listening to his promos and I hate his gloves. Cap, that's a lie. <laughs> that's the only good thing he's ever done. But no, um, I, I just think I, I do agree with you. It's kind of uh, stupid to span it across two brands when you made it such a big deal that the draft was happening and such a big deal that this belt was exclusive to Raw. But I also get that they probably just wanted to put some big names in there so it makes the belt seem like, you know, big names are fighting for it and they would rather switch brands and get the belt rather than stick on their respective brand or whatever. Yeah, awesome. Way to undermine your entire draft you just did. <laughs> yeah, they definitely undermine the entire draft. We're in agreement there. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> anyway, that that's my that's my big issue. You know what? As I just want to add to that, as somebody who you know respects the draft process and loves a good draft, I am a little pissed off that they okay. went ahead and just kind of right. not just fucking me. did that to the. No, it's not just you. I think most people feel that way. It's kind of strange. Anywho, um, my last stock rising is. The bloodline's back, baby. The storyline oh, yeah. is back. I'm back into it. Last last week, two weeks ago, I was starting to get a little, I don't know. They need to kind of move along here. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for SmackDown tomorrow night. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> like, Solo almost spiking Jay during the match at Backlash. I was like, that was so good. That was so When good. they were tagging each other out slapping each other's titties i was like mm-hmm. i heard that one slap that shit was like pow and i was it like was, it was loud <laughs> yeah so roman's gonna have to come back and he's gonna have to handle business and the only person in the bloodline that roman's happy with right now is solo sokoa because <laughs> i kind of have a feeling he's not too thrilled with paul right now too Mm-hmm. So Roman's gonna come back, and he's only gonna be like, "This one, he's a good one. The rest of you, boo." So, Get out of here. <laughs> what, what, what were you? What's going through your head when Solo was gonna almost spike Jay? 
Bruh, I can't even tell you exactly what was going through my head, but it was just like such a big moment. Uh, I was like, holy shit. I, I honestly thought it was going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess that was going through my head. I thought it was going to happen. Um, yeah, no, that was that was big. And I, like you said, I'm, I'm happy that this, this seems like it's uh, regaining its focus, per se. Yep. The storyline. Uh, you know, shedding some of that fat. I feel like, you know, they kind of just... Uh, had us strung along for a little bit so they could um, just kind of keep it going. But now it feels like it's, you know, back on track, focused, and we're ready to go back into this, whatever this next step of the story is. Yeah, I think it's important to, to start moving away from the Sami Zayn angle of the bloodline. Like, mm-hmm. I think that story's done for now. Yep. And, oh, so I want to add, so this is in my stocks falling, so I'm just going to mention this now. Get into it. Uh, dude, uh, Riddle uh, being a part of that storyline sucked for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't do anything for me, and it kind of mm-hmm. felt out of place, and I just didn't really like it. So, uh, you know, I had him in my stock falling just because that whole thing sucked, but it really might be a rising type of deal because now that it's done, finally he can go do something else. Well, hopefully done. He can uh, go do something else and not be involved anymore in the Bloodline storyline. I I just don't think that was a storyline for him and his character. It just didn't feel right. It felt very forced. And I have kind of, I kind of think that him dick riding Randy is the only reason that I liked him. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that's a fair point. I didn't really, I was never really a big Riddle fan um admittedly i don't love his character it can be funny at times mm-hmm. there's some times when he makes me laugh but there's a lot of times i'm like oh god like that was cringy uh you know because the promo work is i give it like mediocre uh yep. and you know ring work is solid but the promo work is mediocre and i'm i'm a big i like good promo work like in a wrestler if i like a wrestler they're good at promos. The only Preach. exception to that is Jeff Hardy. <laughs> That's the only exception. That's uh, fair. But, yeah, no, I just... It, it wasn't working for me. Riddle wasn't working for me. And, and uh, I'm happy to see that out of the Bloodline storyline. Get out of, get it out of here. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm kind of at this point with Riddle where I, I really feel like the ch- what was charming about it when, it when they were doing RK-Bro was kind of randy being the the barometer for Mm -hmm. us you know like we could kind of be like oh my god randy's gonna kill him and then randy wouldn't kill him so we're like oh okay i guess he's okay you know like if randy orton who if i remember correctly uh rko'd a lady in the ring of course yes he did definitely did that multiple times uh, not even <laughs> once if if randy orton who we know his history mm-hmm. is not murdering this man he must be okay yeah but now that he doesn't have randy to kind of balance him out whew, it's it's really rough like even like our barometer for this became kevin owens and Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. and Riddle would say some shit, walk away, and come and be like, he's always just talking. He's just saying nonsense. Why, why, do, we, why do we hang out with him? And Sam would be like, eh, he's not that bad. And he's like, no, he's really bad. <laughs> and that's kind of our barometer. The crowd watching is we're associating with, with Sammy and Kevin. Mm-hmm. And even Sammy was getting sick of it. 
you know, right before Backlash. So they need to do something new with him. I I really don't know if this original bro character can work on its own. And I, yeah, I I I mean, the most that we're gonna get out of him at this point is being in the mid card. Like, yep. is he gonna be the next challenger for Gunther? Because, like... I hope not. I mean... He's gonna get his chest caved in. Like... I, I I can't see it. He's not even in this big gold clone tournament. So, how serious are we supposed to take him? Hey, uh, so... Um, apologize for this Vince McMahon-esque take right here. Oh, this boy. is a real, like... Things just happen because wrestling idea. Um... <laughs> But something that I would legitimately like from Riddle. This is a weird and hot take, so prepare yourself. Um, I would like if Riddle joined the Viking Raiders. (laughs) As the high dude who has no idea what he's doing or who he's partnering with. Because a couple episodes ago, you remember that I said the Viking Raiders need an inject- injection of comedy. And Riddle needs somebody to, you know, be that barometer. You put together the Viking Raiders and Riddle, bro? That's comedy for me, man. Give me that. Give me, give me, give me Riddle in backstage segments with the Viking Raiders hanging out. And you know what? Maybe the Viking Raiders are a little high and they don't realize what what riddle was just smoking you know and they're acting a little strange i would like that i was like as you were going through you were going through your preamble to that Mm -hmm. i was racking my brain on you know what's he gonna go with here (laughs) at no point did viking raiders cross my mind yo i want to see it (laughs) triple h hit me up let me be in creative Let's put Riddle and the Viking Raiders. Make it both work. You know what? Maybe Riddle and the Viking Raiders is what th- what that crowd needed in Jacksonville. Amen. Uh, <laughs> our, this is a combined stock falling. We're gonna we're gonna do a little handshake on this one. All right, bud. That crowd sucked. Yeah, it was ass. I again shout out to Cage Side Seats who we use for our recaps on our. Uh, rundown and also their rumor roundup they had in their rumor roundup today that the crowd was so bad that the production team was torn between like do we just have the dead air behind the wrestling for this crowd that's making Mm -hmm, no noise mm -hmm. or do we just pipe in our pipe crowd noise that we have that we use for every show and they went they went with the piped in crowd noise and it was really noticeable because it's just kind of a consistent (laughs) so yeah it was that crowd was bad yeah it was a really bad crowd i hate when there's a bad crowd uh i would much rather even have a crowd that tries to hijack a show than just have a dead crowd like a dead crowd it's like why are you even there what do you what do you what did you go there to watch? You know what I mean? Like did you go there to watch like a film? That's what it feels like. It's like make some noise, man. Come on. It's a, you're at a wrestling show. I, but and they also they messed up Seth Rollins' song. Like yeah, it's how do you easy, do that? It's the easiest thing. <laughs> it's so easy. Incredibly. Yeah, yeah it bro. was 
it was rough. Who knows what's going on out there, man? Uh, our, our last little stock falling here is the SmackDown women's title on Raw. And this has nothing to do with Rhea Ripley, who I think put on a very good match with Zelina. Amen. We all knew where it was going to go. I mean, Zelina wasn't winning that shit. It wasn't going to happen. Like, I'm really glad that she got to have that match in Puerto Rico in front of her family. But you know, we knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. And now... Natalia is the next challenger, I guess, because she came out on Raw. And, like, that's so underwhelming for that's me. Such, that's a very strange challenger po- uh, choice. I mean, she got drafted to Raw, so it's kind of new that she's there. So she's like, well, hey, I'm here, so I'm going to go for this. But, like, it, it really just kind of feels like we're recycling ronda rousey's smackdown women's title reign Mm. where it was just random challengers that we knew the outcome of as soon as the feud started yeah that's a great point yeah there's nobody here that's thinking natalia is gonna win and i love natalia i think same here yeah but no we know that natalia's not winning the, the championship like shout out to the boat she wants to get that check in saudi arabia good on her amen and i mean we also know how these saudi arabia shows go the people there, they want the classics. And Natalia is a legend. So they are going to find a way to work Natalia into some kind of title scene. I wouldn't be surprised if Bailey is the contender for the Raw women's title on SmackDown, leading to Saudi Arabia again. Like, that wouldn't surprise me at all because Bianca Belair and Bailey, that, that works for the Saudi crowd. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm really underwhelmed by this. I just I know where this is going. The feud's gonna be fine. There's nothing that's gonna be wrong with the build. It's just like, oh, it's Natalia. Okay, so who's next mm-hmm. after that? Um, on to the one final thing on on this kind of stock falling. That's a tag along. Are they gonna do a belt swap, or is the Raw Women's Title gonna be on SmackDown and the SmackDown Women's <laughs> Title gonna be on Raw? Great question. Like, I'm, I'm also not in favor of a belt swap because, you know, then Bianca's title reign technically ends at that point, but, and it resets. So, I'm not into it, but what are we doing here? Yeah. Strange. So, it's, it's funny how wrestling has so many things that are just, like, unwritten, you know? Things just happen. Like I said, things just happen because wrestling, mm-hmm. we don't have uh, any sort of precedent as to what should happen or what might happen. So it's pretty much just up to the decision makers as to what exactly does happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know what? I have a couple things I wanted to add that I didn't put on here that I wanted to talk about really quick. All right. Some quick hits. Let's do it. Some quick hits. So one, uh, EO Sky. Uh, fantastic great match i love eos guys she's great she's entertaining uh we've said it before entrance is top tier ring moves is top tier and i don't know what the fuck she says because i don't speak japanese but the shit sounds cool coming out of her mouth so i think she's good at promos (laughs) agree uh yeah so big big ups on eos guy i just gotta say that and um the other thing I wanted to say is uh, I have no idea what it was because I don't remember anymore. So um, on that note, go ahead, Jacob. This is why we have the rundown. This is why we got the rundown. Also, happy birthday to EOS Guy. She had a oh. birthday this week. It, oh, yeah, yeah. I did see that. How old is she now? I don't know. 
I just thought she had a birthday. <laughs> You're going to wish her happy birthday. We don't know how old she is. All right, fine. I'll look it up. Yeah, please look do, it up. Is an Oscar like 40? Uh, Dimitri, you're asking me so many people's ages. All right, all right. Here, end of the podcast. This guy is 33. Oscar is a surprising age. I'm pretty sure she's like 40. She's 41, actually. Oscar is 41. Also in her prime. Yep. Ballin'. <laughs> all right. Happy birthday, everybody. Thank yes. you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Let Me Pod to you. You can follow Dimitri at Just Dimitri underscore. And you can find me, if you want, at We Hate Jacob. That's hate with an eight. Please give us a review on your chosen podcast platform. We're on every major network. It helps other people find the show. Um, it helps our searches. It helps people who want to find a new wrestling show find us. So we appreciate every review that we get. If I can figure out where I can see them, I'll start reading them on here and give you a shout out. So do it. Um, Dimitri, any last words? Nope. Uh, just thank you everybody for listening and, uh, give us a motherfucking five stars, please. Thank you. Bye. Hell yeah. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you all next week.